This is Temple and Heilprin on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. Yes, welcome into Temple and Heilprin. We're live from Monk's Bar and Grill in Sun Prairie. As usual on a Thursday, Jesse, welcome. It's glad to be here. Very excited to be here as uh, there is plenty to get to, but uh, Monk's in Sun Prairie going to be the site of a big, big game coming up on Sunday. Wisconsin, excuse me, Green Bay, traveling down to Dallas to take on the Cowboys in wild card action. They have had some absolute burners the last uh, few times that they've played in the playoffs. Obviously, uh, 2016, Rodgers, late, late heroics to get that game. And then Mason Crosby with the field goal. You got the Dez did not catch it game in 2014. Some people call it the Dez Dez caught it game. I call it Dez did not catch it. But this would be a great place to come and watch it. uh, Sunday afternoon, 3.30 is the kick. You can also come by here on Saturday. Wisconsin will be taking on Northwestern. Badgers 4-0 in Big Ten play for the first time in 11 years. They have not been better than 4-0 in Big Ten play to start a season since 2007-2008 season. That year they, I believe, started 6-0 and ended up winning both the Big Ten regular season title and the Big Ten tournament title and then ran into Steph Curry in, <laughs> in the NCAA tournament. Um, they also didn't, they only scored 20 points uh, in the second half of that game, so it also played a role. But either way, we have a, a few months before uh, March Madness, though I certainly can't wait. Can't wait for March Madness. We talked about this on the swing the other day. I love March. Uh, March is the best. If you're a sports fan, what, if you didn't grow up on March Madness, you're doing something wrong. March is the best, and it looks like Wisconsin will be uh, taking part in March Madness this year. They are, as I said, off to a really good start. We're going to talk a little basketball later on. We've got two different segments of overreaction or no. We're going to do a little football overreaction or no. We're going to do a little basketball overreaction or no, and uh, get to all of it. But we're going to start with the transfer portal because Wisconsin, since the last time we had a chance to talk football, added uh, some big pieces, uh, namely Tackett Curtis, a linebacker from USC, a guy who nearly went to Wisconsin before he went to USC. Uh, he came down to USC in Wisconsin. I know Bobby April, Wisconsin's former outside linebackers coach, was hot on him. Kind of surprised he, uh, I'm, I'm sure Stanford reached out. I don't know if it's a little bit tougher place to get into than, than USC or Wisconsin. Again, both very good schools, but Stanford maybe at a different level. Uh, but yeah, Tack and Curtis ends up at Wisconsin. And it was kind of out of nowhere because usually yeah. usually what happens here, Jesse, in a little inside baseball, is Luke Fickle will put out his 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 burger, or I should say his burger, his, his uh, commitment tweet, right? And like a half an hour later, everyone else, that's when the commitment happens. Well, he did it 15 minutes before. Nobody had put out, because everyone else gets a heads up, too, that a, the guy's going to be committing and by everybody, I mean you and a, a few <laughs> others, get a heads up that he's going to be committing, and you're able to be like, all right, another one's in coming. That was not the case this time. This one kind of came out of left field. This not, one, not, not that it, it, they, we didn't know that they were involved with him. Yeah. It kind of came out of left field. Oh, this one very much came out of left field. And what's interesting this time around is uh, Tackett Curtis didn't actually take any visits. And I had an opportunity to talk to Tackett's high school coach, Jess Curtis, who was his uncle, and heavily involved in the recruiting process both in high school and once – Tackett decided to enter the transfer portal. He just did a bunch of 90-minute Zooms, and it occupied basically an entire week of his life because he did calls with LSU, Texas A&M, Ohio State, Florida State, K-State, Arizona, Wisconsin, Nebraska, several others. And uh, his uncle said that it ended up being 
Wisconsin and Nebraska, and that Nebraska and Matt Rule were pushing really hard for him. Both teams had a needed inside linebacker, and, and as his, his uncle said, they going to war for him is how they described it between those two schools. I wrote about this this week, and you just can't overstate how much Bobby April has to do with this, even though April's been gone for more than a year, and he's the defensive coordinator at Stanford. And I say that because... I cannot remember an assistant coach recruiting one individual player as as hard as Bobby April recruited Tackett Curtis, and I said that a couple years ago. There was a stretch where he went and saw him seven times, and, and Tackett is from Louisiana, Bobby April obviously a Louisiana native, but he went and saw him seven times during the span of like eight months, and six of those came in the last six months before official visit season, and then Tackett and his family visited three times in Madison, that's a big deal because Wisconsin in the online recruiting ranking era never gotten in a Louisiana kid doesn't recruit Louisiana has no reason to recruit Louisiana and therefore Wisconsin frankly had no business being in the running for Tackett Curtis but when he put out his top three his final top three it was Ohio State Wisconsin USC and obviously ended up picking USC but did not forget about his experience and I think that was a selling point this time around and and his coach mentioned so Casey Robach had a lot to do with this because he's basically the only holdover knew who he was Luke Fickle was personally involved, heavily involved in this recruitment, and I think the pitch was, you can come here, you can do everything you want to do, and the staff may be different, but the culture and the things that you fell in love with before, that's still in place. Right. Packet picked Wisconsin. Uh, so when he decided to go to USC, at least some of it was because Bobby April saw him as a guy that was going to be yeah. outside, as an outside linebacker in Wisconsin's 3-4 defense, and he kind of sees himself as an inside linebacker, and that's what he's going to play at Wisconsin. Now, he played at USC. It was kind of an up and down, as you would expect, as a true freshman on a defense that was absolutely horrendous. Um, which is The just, team was. Yeah. The team was, but the defense was really, really bad, too. Yeah, yeah. That's, I mean, the de- as a team, the yeah. defense was Yeah, yeah. I was, wasn't saying was he, was, he right. was horrendous. I was saying the defense was horrendous. That's what USC has become known for under Lincoln yeah. Miley, which is unfortunate because they are, you know, obviously a really talented uh, offense and it's not like they don't have talent on defense they have some talent and certainly Taka Curtis was a part of that but he was a guy that was thrown into the mix and probably maybe wasn't necessarily ready to be thrown into that mix I think he finished with 40 tackles there, there were some good there were some bad but he's going to come to Wisconsin you would think you would think kind of be penciled into one of those spots at, at inside linebacker well his, his coach said the expectation is I mean he's, he's not coming here to jump around he's coming here to you know, hit some people around, but the Mike linebacker, and, and you're right, the, the when he was being recruited in his top three, the other two schools, USC and Ohio State, saw him as an inside linebacker, and Wisconsin saw him on the outside, and so I, I don't know what the lineup's ultimately going to look like, but the way they've overhauled that inside linebacker group, it's hard not to see Tackett Curtis having a massive impact and potentially starting this season. It is, there's something to be said, even if he may not have been fully ready, for a true freshman to go to a place like USC and end up starting eight games, even if he lost the spot later in the season, um, got a ton of talent. And the thing that I think has a chance to separate him in this defense, another thing from the conversation I had with his uncle-slash-coach, is that... He feels more like that blend of exactly what Mike Tressel wants in the inside linebacker group, and, and it's the combination of, okay, he's a physical thumper. He can do that, but he's an athlete who can move in space and, and play side to side. At least that's what their expectation is. And I think you look at the in high school, I know he wasn't you know playing in Texas high school football or, or wherever in Florida, but 
he was not only a linebacker, but he was their quarterback and ran for 1,100-plus yards. So he's got some of that athleticism. We'll see if it works out, but there's uh, this is one of the most exciting portal additions of this cycle for Wisconsin, without a doubt. Yeah, it's a big one. I mean, he was ranked as the second, I think, the second-ranked linebacker in the portal, according to 24-7. I believe they had him as, as the second-ranked linebacker, which is obviously a huge addition. Now they also added another couple guys that were, I believe, in the top ten yeah. in, in uh, John Pius and, is it Jaheen Thomas? Or? Yeah. Yeah. So what they've done to that room and it's not just obviously the inside linebacker room but the outside linebacker the edge players it's going to look so much different i think they've added nine guys between the 2020 2020 uh, no excuse me seven guys between the 2024 recruiting class and and the transfer portal no it's nine what am i talking about yeah they got six six guys sure. from transfer yep and three and three uh, guys including uh the edge and and uh Lafale. like they have yeah. really made over that room, and it's going to, I think, continue to, to be made over. But I, that's where I kind of want to go with this. When you look at some of these transfers, how many would you project? And we've added, and they've, they've added some more since we had a, mm-hmm. since we talked about this last week. You think about R.J. Delancey as well, the, the corner from Toledo. How many would you project end up in the starting lineup? If we go position by position here, we'll start at quarterback. Obviously, mm-hmm. we expect Tyler Van Dyke to be the starter, right? Running, yes. running back, Ty, Tywee Walker, probably going to be the backup to, to Ches Malusi. Uh, wide receiver, I don't envision any of the guys coming in. Tight end is a spot that perhaps, perhaps Jackson Magoan is able to come in and, and make an impact early, but I wouldn't project him there. Yeah. Offensive line, no. But on the defensive side, on the defensive side, let's start at the de- on the defensive line. They, they still are looking for, for help there, but Elijah Hills, where do you see, do you envision him being a being a part of the, the rotation early? Absolutely being a part of the rotation. I don't think you go and get a guy with one year of eligibility left who's not presumably going to be involved. Now, what that looks like, I, that's one of the tougher ones to project because he's he's 280 pounds. He had success at Albany. Albany's defense was fantastic at the FCS level. That team ended up insane. Yeah, that team ended up going to the, the semifinals of the FCS playoffs, and he was a very impactful player for them. Block three kicks. Yes, amazing. <laughs> um that's a position that they, they need help. Like, we can talk about the guys who are coming back, Ben Barton, James Thompson Jr., obviously, um, several other guys. But I think he's going to be in the mix. At worst, he's in the two deep. At best, he's a starter. I just don't know with him. I also don't think they're done. Like, they uh, again, I don't think they're done on the defensive line. Um, I joked <laughs> when, when the Nick Saban news came down, I'm like, skimming Alabama's roster. For, mm-hmm. for potential uh, defense alignment because I think that's what they need to do that. They yeah. they need to continue to add to that spot. I, I would not feel comfortable if I was Wisconsin putting out the group that they, they have right now. Again, you know, you're going to have... You feel good about James Thompson Jr., mm-hmm. Kurt Neal, mm-hmm. I thought had a nice bowl game. Ben Barton played some. Cade, Cade McDonald played some. Right. Elijah Hill's coming in. Yep. But after that, I, I, I don't know that you that you have anybody you can sit there and count on. I would even say you, you could count on all those guys. I think you can count on maybe James Thompson Jr. and and uh, and uh, Kurt Neal, but otherwise it's still a little bit of uncertainty there. So for me, defensive line is still a, a priority at position. But at linebackers, where I think obviously obviously things are going to look a lot different. Daryl Peterson probably going to be still one of your starting outside linebackers. But Leon Lauer, John Pius. 
those two are certainly going to, to play a ton, along with, obviously, Jeff Petrowski and, um, you know, maybe, uh, maybe, maybe a few other guys. Um, I think one of those two edge guys that they brought in from the portal are going to start. It's just impossible for me to say which one until we have an opportunity to see spring practices. Now, both those guys were involved with bowl prep. It was good for them to be there, but I don't know what that's going to look like. I'm... I'm eager to see what Pius looks like because he was an All-American at the FCS level. There's something to be said for that level of productivity going to Wisconsin, betting on yourself, but I think you're going to get one, at least one transfer portal guy at outside, and you might have two at inside. I don't know what happens with Jake Cheney, though, and that's the real the question here is, what does that rotation look like? But, I mean, Jaheim Thomas, that dude is coming here to be an absolute wrecking ball, and he's got one year left, so he is a starter to me. The Tackett Curtis one, I'm not sure because I don't want to forget about Cheney. I mean, he may not necessarily fit exactly what Trestle wants, but he had 80 tackles. He was very can do a lot of the things that they want in a way that was different from Muma Jong Meta or Jordan Turner. So just with linebacker, I'm going to say two for now are yeah, starters for inside sure. and outside. And potentially as many as, as three. Yeah. And maybe we'll see. Again. Daryl Peterson has to earn it too. Yes, right. Like you just, you're not just going to be like, hey, you're a returning guy. You're going to be there. So uh, that one is is yes. Corner, no. On the outside, slot corner. Yeah. I think R.J. Delancey would be one of those guys who'd be saying, hey, uh, yes, you're going to be the Jason Matry this year. Going to you're going to come in now. Yeah. Austin Brown may have something to say about that. I thought he played okay in the bowl game, but they they, they added R.J. Delancey for a reason. Right. I, if I had to project, having not seen him at all in practice, I think he'll be this, the top slot guy because that's what they were looking for when yeah. they went hunting in, uh, in the portal for cornerback. And if you do that, then I think that's good because it can move Austin back to safety. And then you've got a, a really strong top line. You obviously have Hunter Wohler still here. Uh, Kamoi Latu presumably using that extra year. Now, I haven't heard anything, but that's my assumption at this point. Preston Zachman as well. So that's a really good group. And I can anticipate Delancey starting. I mean, I, I, right now they've got 13 incoming transfers uh, coming on scholarship that will be here for the next semester. And I don't know what, what number we have added this up to, but I think at least you know, more than half of them or close to half of them will be starters is my expectation. And Casey Pfeiffer, who we're, yeah. no one talks about, but he's going to be the starting long snapper, so you can throw him in too. Right. Yep. Yeah. And look, they're also not done adding... And they're also not done. I don't want to say what's. I don't. This is. I mean, shedding. I don't want to say shedding, but that's that's a little unfair. But guys hitting the portal uh, went through it yesterday. I found me too. I went through it today. Yeah, went through it yesterday. I have them at ninety-one. Yep. And that is. And I've included Kamoe in that. Yep. All right. So we may have one or one or two here that maybe don't add up, but. 91 is where I have them. Yep. They have to be at 85, but they don't have to be at 85 until the summer. So when you look at what this is, where, and I'm not, I mean, where could some more attrition come from? I, I, I think a spot like, I, I think a spot like corner where they have, I believe I have 13 right now. Um, a spot at running back where they have eight. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know about you. Where, where, where else are you thinking? I think those are two good ones. That's the number that I had at this point, and it's a projection because we don't know and we're not privy to everything going on behind the scenes, whether somebody's still going to be in the program. You have injuries. You have 
guys moving on for personal reasons. But as I broke it down, you had the returning scholarship guys, 56 players coming back that are returning scholarship guys, 13 scholarship transfers, and then they've signed 22 players in the class for a total of 91. Now, people have wondered, uh, well, what does that mean for spring ball? Well, only 10 of those 22 true freshmen are going to be here as early enrollees. So the, the number that I had, at least by my count, was 79 scholarship players, maybe 79 or 80. That's, That's right, for spring, yeah. Yeah, um, I had it at 79. But I think you just look at, well, where is, a, where is there a log jam? And it just doesn't make sense that you have that many guys. And absolutely, at cornerback, do you need a dozen corners? Now, they... they may feel that they do because they have three coming in in this class. They signed four, five in the previous class, depending on where you want to put Justin Taylor. So those guys are fickle guys. They're going to be sticking around. And then you've got veterans who are contributors. I mean, Nizer Forkurine, Ricardo Holman. Those guys started. Delancey's coming in here. Michael Mack, who transferred from Air Force. So they're going to get down somehow. Yeah. But like, I look like a guy like, and again, this isn't, this isn't fair, obviously, to... to point out guys but older guys that haven't played yep max lofi he has not played he was with the rehab group the entire year mm-hmm. um we haven't seen him in a very very long time that would be a guy that i'd be looking at like okay um inside linebacker where mm-hmm. they've already shed a bunch of guys but does brian sanborn still have a role here uh, again as i said very unfair to do but i i just did it i just did it anyway so uh, there are a number of, of places where you could where you could potentially see um, some guys either yeah some, some guys move on and there will never be an issue I, d- I don't think getting down to to 85 they'll they'll no. figure it they'll yeah. figure it out they will. so all right gonna come back on the other side play a little overreaction or no with the football team this is Temple in Heilbrunn, live from Mox Bar and Grill in Sun Prairie on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. Welcome back into Temple and Heilbrunn, live from Mox Bar and Grill in Sun Prairie. Get ready for Bucks and Celtics. Bucks need to find some defense. They have not played any defense of late, losing four or five. They're now four games back of the Celtics in the Eastern Conference. We'll see how it plays out. That game coming up here at 6:30. All right, Jesse, let's play a little uh, overreaction or no with the football team. Is it no or nah? I haven't been here long enough. <laughs> well, it depends what uh, how many drinks I've had. Uh, <laughs> overreaction or no? Um, we'll go with this one. Nick Saban, out at Alabama, right? Mm-hmm. The USC quarterback situation unsettled with Caleb Williams going to the NFL and them losing Malachi Nelson. The guy that played in the bowl game actually threw six touchdowns, but we'll see. Um, the 2024 schedule isn't as daunting as it looked when it first was announced. Is that an overreaction or no? Overreaction. <laughs> Nothing in my mind has changed whatsoever. I don't care who's going to be coaching Alabama. I've I seen the list of candidates, um, and I'm pretty sure they're still going to have really damn good players. They are. They are. But I don't know. Maybe the transition will be uh, – maybe everybody will jump ship, which is possible. Um, but I think Alabama is still going to be Alabama. Now, I guess there's good news. It's at Camp Randall Stadium. It is at Camp Randall. And, and look, Alabama – 
is going to be Alabama. But if you look before Nick, Nick Saban got there, Alabama was not very Alabama, right? Uh, they they obviously won a national championship in, I think it was 92. Was Gene 90, Stallings. I think it was 92. But after that, a lot of eh, some good, a lot of eh, some bad. So it's not just a guarantee that it's going to show up and, and still be that way. I mean, look, Nebraska. Now, again, Alabama in a different part of the country, <laughs> in a much better mm-hmm. probable place. But dealing with all of that, what comes with it, and having to follow next Saban, that's not going to be easy. And it, that's not going to be easy. Would you want to be following Nick Saban? If I was one of the guys on the list, yeah, mm. I'd be making a ton of money. Well, th- I'd but they're probably making a ton still of money. get really good players. They're making a ton of money wherever they're on. Yeah, look that's at the, true. Look at the guys on the list: Dabble Swinney. Mm-hmm. You got Kalen DeBoer. Obviously, uh, Dan Lenning said no, thank you. And I, it, it, Mike Nor- <laughs> Mike Norvell making a ton of money. Like, but maybe they could get a second yacht <laughs> if they went to Alabama. <laughs> look, I, I just think either way, five years from now, Alabama may look like the Alabamas that weren't very good, but I, I just have a hard time thinking it's going to fall off a cliff right away. Um, and USC, that's... I mean, Wisconsin's got to go out to L.A. and and play that game. And, and they're really tough. They're going to have a lot of money. Well, they're going to have the money to find whatever quarterback is left. I mean, there's probably going to be somebody not. okay. There's not. Well, there's another portal period coming in April. I don't know. I just We'll see. We'll yeah. see. Again, I think USC's offense is going to be just fine, but I don't think the defense is anything to be overly worried about. Well, at this that's why Lincoln Riley fired his defensive coordinator. Now, but if, they, now if they add Jim Leonard, then, <laughs> then it might be something to, to talk about. Has there been an opening where Jim Leonard has not had his name linked to them? No. Just wondering. No. Okay. Alabama's defense coordinator. Like, that was, that was, that was something that was talked about. I know. Uh, there, were, there were people trying to say that uh, Luke Fickle was on a plane down to, to Alabama. Like, I don't know if you saw that. Yeah, I did. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> Let's just be fair about it. After what happened this year with Wisconsin, Pete, I feel like he'd be pretty far down the list. Um, and not to be an ass. But. I, don't, I don't know, man. Um, I think the list of candidates that we've seen is probably pretty darn the, good. The group that they're going to be looking at right now. Uh, Overreaction, no. Wisconsin's aggressive approach in the transfer portal, 13 players in so far, is going to hurt in high school recruiting. Is that an overreaction or no? Well, I think it's not a drastic overreaction in... I don't I don't know how to answer this question. I was actually asked a similar question for my mailbag this week. And oh, really? I think... I think... Um, <laughs> I may, yeah. I may have been. I may have gone through. Some oh, of the okay, okay. There. Well, that was one of the one that I actually answered. So, yeah. uh, good call. Um, it's a challenge because every team, like Luke has talked about this. Jim Leonard talked about it when he was the interim head coach. Recruit and develop. That is our gold standard. That's what we want to do. Lucas said multiple times we are not a transfer portal team. We don't want to be a transfer portal team. And yet, last cycle and this cycle, they're up to 28 transfer portal players that they've added. I do want to add the caveat, though, that I don't necessarily know if that's the number, like 14 on average for every year. They're trying to overhaul and upgrade the roster, and you can best do that through the transfer portal. But when you're doing that... You're recruiting over guys. I mean, the bigger challenge to me is guys who are already in the program have been here for two, three years, and they're like, what is what is going on? I've put all my time into this, and you're recruiting over me, and I'm going to go another year without playing. Yeah. I'm going to transfer. Right. The high school thing, they're still going to get 20 to 25 guys every year. It's what Luke mentioned in the summer when I talked to him. But 
you bring in three running backs who are true freshmen, but then you also bring in a transfer from Oklahoma, and right now they're standing at eight scholarship running backs. That may change. Well, if he's your backup, then you're potentially not having opportunities for those true freshmen unless they're going to beat them out. I actually just talked to um, Gideon Atuka pretty recently for a story that I'm going to be doing, and, I mean, he's the only early enrollee from that three freshman group, and it's it's going to be a challenge to break into potentially the top three. But I think it's that's the balance that every coaching staff has to strike, and I don't think that there is a right approach for this because you're going to upset somebody when you bring in guys that are veteran guys to play one or two years. Like if you're Nate White, like what do you? Yeah. What, what are you I don't thinking know. right now? Well, Inviting four guys. Yeah, it's really difficult. And Chesma Luce is coming back, who's presumably going to be your starter. And I don't know where your place is. Obviously, everybody's going to do as much as they can. But we know from what we saw last year, like you got to get stronger, you got to gain weight. But is that is that still going to be enough to beat out guys that this staff went after so hard and and perhaps better fit what they're looking for in the future yeah there are, there are some guys that i would not be surprised if we hurting yeah but i went back and looked at it. i think they lost six or seven guys after spring mm-hmm. and well they lost guys in the middle of it because the yeah. way the window happened it's like right? Right. And, and this year too it's i think it's april 16th to the 30th and the way their setup was like the last week of spring ball was still going on but you're absolutely right like julius yeah. davis left yeah. they lost a couple cornerbacks Corey lied comes to mind obviously avion jones and then you lost a couple guys afterward right. Vito calvaruso left during that stretch too so that to me is how the scholarships are going to open up very did he, clearly did he end up someplace i'm not aware of it but maybe i missed it drunk on his leg intoxicating leg strength can't even can't even keep track of it yeah um all right uh wisconsin finished 65th in the country according to your brethren at the athletic <laughs> it was the i think it was like the 129 or, or how many yeah, how like many teams? 133 yeah over yes or no wisconsin will finish in the top 40 next year Ooh boy well ultimately it's decided on your win-loss record and i just um i think i came across a little negative in our post uh <laughs> This the camp uh, episode the night of the game. But it's just it's it's hard to look at who they have to play and think that they're going to just roll through that bad boy. Like, what will it take to be a top forty team? Nine and three, presumably eight and four, maybe. Um, This is after the bowl game, so yeah. So eight and five probably doesn't get you there, but maybe nine and four does. Yeah. So I think they're right on the cusp right now. I mean, obviously. We don't know the answers yet because it's a totally different roster next season. We're talking about 22 ads uh, out of high school and 13 in the That's 35 guys. And even if all those freshmen don't play, some of them are going to play. So we're talking about, what, 15 guys, 18 guys who might have a legitimate impact that we've never seen here. So it's possible. It's just hard to look at that schedule and think, man, you're going to beat Alabama? Maybe if you beat them at home, that's one of the most significant wins that's happened here in quite a while. USC, you got Oregon. Am I missing Penn, Penn State in there? Penn State. I'm having a hard time remembering. They haven't beat Penn State in quite a while. So 2011. You're going to have to win some of those games. And right now, it's sort of like I show me before I am willing to go out there and say you're going to be a 9-3 and three team. Well, we've done that before, right? Like yeah. we just, we, we've, we've gotten, I think you said, get out over your skis. Yeah. You don't want to yeah. get out over your skis again. I understand that. But, like, you're not paying Luke Fickle $8 million to finish 40th. Uh, right? Of course not. So, the expectations for what they are, like I think the expect we saw these way too early top twenty fives after mm-hmm. Michigan won. Wisconsin was not in a single one of them. Nope. Some of them had them as like 
maybe yes. the next in, but most did not. Our expectations, as low as they've been since maybe 2016? I would have to go year by year, but I mean, most of those years, Wisconsin was picked to finish to win the West. Obviously, the, right. the 20... Yeah, the 2017 team. I, mean, I remember writing about it. They're going to go. They have a really good chance to go undefeated in the regular season. They I did. said 12 and 0. 2018, it's like, look who's back, and they, they were weren't very 10. good. They were top 10 team to start that year. Yeah. 2019 was they started in the top 25. Yeah. 2020 was the last four years they were picked to win the West. So, so you might be right. I think I think expectations for this year, which is is crazy to say because of how ex- high high expectations were coming into mm-hmm. 2023, perhaps unrealistically, right? And we certainly know that now, but it doesn't get any easier with that schedule. Right. That's the thing that's holding me back the most, Zach, is I think Wisconsin is going to be a better team next season, but that might still mean they're 8-4. and four. More so than any other sport, and maybe I shouldn't say this because J.J. McCarthy didn't necessarily look amazing in, in either of the playoff games that he played, but the quarterback just changes things, right? Mm-hmm. Like Michael Penix, Bo Nix. Um, you know, Quinn Ewers, Jalen Milrow when he was getting the ball where he needed to be. Like, there are quarterback has to play at a different level mm-hmm. for you to have a lot of success. And I'm not confident, especially after this year where we were expecting really, really high level play from Wisconsin's quarterback, and we didn't necessarily get that out of Tanner Mordecai on a regular basis until the bowl game. If you can guarantee me, that Tyler Van Dyke is going to play, you know, throw for 250 a game. It's going to have, you know, 25 touchdowns and, you know, eight or nine interceptions. I'm going to say Wisconsin is going to get to nine and four. Yeah. Like, I feel good about that. But I don't know if that's going to be end up being the case. But those are numbers I would take in a second. Oh yes. If, if I'm Wisconsin, they're they're not overwhelming numbers, but they're really they're pretty good numbers. And if you can do it against that schedule, then I'll take nine and four. But I'm I, the confidence level there is is tough for me right now. I that, don't. It's not a high level. That's part of the mystery. Is well, which version of him is going to show up? And I don't know the answer to that. I'm almost more eager to see what the defense looks like. Like them getting yeah. the six linebackers. Even if all of them don't play, four of them are probably going to play a ton. That could change everything for that group. They they weren't. I don't think if you look at the numbers overall, they were as awful as people thought that they were relative to maybe the rest of college football. But our standard and expectation has become so high. You're an elite level defense. You're in the top five, top ten. They were nowhere close to that. That if they can get somewhere close to that, the best defenses here they bail out the offense when the offense struggles. Now they're not going to bail them out if the offense only averages twenty three and a half points a game like last year. But no. I really think that that is where they've got an opportunity to make significant strides. What, are they going to play a one-five-five? Maybe they should. <laughs> Just put every linebacker they have out there. We'll see. All right, coming back to the other side, more confidence, certainly, <laughs> in the basketball team at this point. Going to play a little overreaction or no with them. This is Temple and Heilprin, live from Mock's Bar and Grill in Sun Prairie on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. Welcome back into Temple and Heilprin. We're live at Munch Bar and Grill in Sun Prairie. Jesse just getting done with his meal. 
He got something different this time. I don't know what it is. What was it? I don't know. It was a mistake on my part, but, you know, no, you can't win them all. Yeah, what, what was it? I don't know. Oh, okay. All right. But it, <laughs> you, you, you love your brisket. Yeah. Yeah, your brisket sandwich and fries and went for something else tonight. Win some, lose some in life, Zach. That's why you don't let somebody order for you. Sometimes you're the bug, sometimes you're the windshield. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's jump back into this basketball. Wisconsin goes on the road last night, beats Ohio State 71-60. to A.J. Storr with the exclamation point last night. Uh, Greg Gard looked like he was telling him to slow it down, to, to, not, to not put it down, but he did. There appeared to be something going on between Greg Gard and Chris Holtman, but... Um, Somehow, Chris Holtman managed not to not to punch anybody and start a fight in the, because he didn't like a timeout at the end. <laughs> good, good of him. Good of him. But Wisconsin now 4-0 in conference play as they get ready to host Northwestern on Saturday. Northwestern 3-1, already beaten Purdue. It's going to be a tough matchup for Wisconsin. Uh, but let's play a little overreaction, though, with the basketball team. Um, this is that once-per-decade team that has a real chance to cut nets, trending to easily be the best Wisconsin team since 2015. Is that an overreaction or no? Nah. Nah? Not, not an overreaction in my mind. Uh, I'm all aboard the, <laughs> the Badgers basketball trade right now. I mean, a few years ago, I almost feel like this is the team that that group was supposed to be, that really underwhelmed, that had a lot of guys back. Um Oh, the COVID year. After, the 2020, 2020, 2021. Yeah. Uh, you know, they had gotten a share of the Big Ten title. Added I don't know. Davis. I don't know what would have happened. We mythical national champions that Sim- year, simulated. obviously. Simulated. Simulated. simulated national, national champions. champions. Um, but it felt like this was possible with this group, and we've laid out all the reasons why. they've. They, but you got the perfect combination of guys. You brought in that athletic 6-7 wing you absolutely needed that Wisconsin doesn't always have an A.J. store. And you got true freshmen who can contribute like Nolan Winter and John Blackwell. And the guys coming back, for the most part, have gotten a lot better. And they play with so much confidence. They're able to play with pace. They can win a game that's a low-scoring game. I know they ended up with more than 70 on stores dunk. But that was... What, 52-52? They were down 56-52? 56-52. And Max went off. Yeah, Max Klesman. You can't say enough about that shooting performance there. But I think everything that they have going right now, and as I mentioned in the story I wrote earlier in the week, they were still a top 35 defensive team in terms of defensive adjusted defensive efficiency. So it's not like that's fallen off a cliff. And I think it is sustainable and built to last. So, yes, I mean, the, the proof is in the pudding. Yeah. They, they were the only unbeaten team left in Big Ten play. And the Big Ten, not great this year. Yeah, as we discussed on the on the swing, I, for that 2020 team that didn't get an opportunity to, yeah. to play in the in the tournament, you could also make an argument for a healthy, when Johnny Davis is healthy, that team, but it was, yeah, I don't know. That was also, I mean, they won the Big Ten, yes. right? They won the Big Ten, they did it, and you can't take it away from me, even though they had to share it, because of the Nebraska game when Johnny got hurt and was really obviously never himself and they obviously lost Chucky in the in the tournament game or maybe something's a little bit different but then I mean you have to go back to the Sweet 16 teams Greg's first two years right I mean the second year they were really good yeah right the second year they ended up being a Chris Chioza bomb from making the Elite Eight. So 
that team was really was really good, very experienced, had a number of different guys who could score. They were good defensively. This one is really good offensively. They're the third. I mean, you go back all the way to 2000 with the Ken Palm rankings. They're fourth right now, and they're moving up. Like they're 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 currently sixth in the country in offensive efficiency. Defensively, they're 27th all, again according to Ken Palm. But it is a it's a good team. It has a chance to be Greg's best team. And at this point, I probably say it will be. But mm-hmm. it's January 11th. Yeah, I'm, I'm just of course pull, they have just, to go yeah, prove it. Yeah, You're right. So is it an overreaction? No. But it's also to be determined. We'll mm-hmm. see. Um, all right. Got this during the game yesterday, and I wanted to, to throw it out there because I wanted to talk about Max Klesman. But I got this from uh, on Twitter. I'm not going to throw the guy's name out there because uh, I can't remember it. But he said, uh, all right, hear me out. Blackwell should be starting at the two instead of Klesman with Asijan being the sub off the bench to spark offense. What is Klesman giving you that Blackwell can't? <laughs> Was that an overreaction or no? Slight overreaction. Because Max Klesman went off in the second half and really went off in the final 10 minutes of the game. He had 18 points for the game. He scored 10 straight at one point. All the all 18 points came in the second half. He was fantastic. Hit a couple threes. Hit a tough fadeaway. Like, it was the Max Klesman show. And, and Battle, who had a very nice first half, did not score in the final 10 minutes. And Max was obviously his guy there. So all the things, all the reasons... That you start Max Klesman. All the reasons that Greg Gard loves Max Klesman were on display in the final 10 minutes against Ohio State. And that is why he is playing as many minutes as he is and why Connor Season is not. What you said about what Battle did says everything to me. The, the 18 points, that's wonderful. The 21 points he had against Marquette, fantastic. But there are going to be a lot of games where Max gets 4 points, 6 points, 8 points, and yet continues to be effective defensively. He is, to use the cliched phrase the glue guy on the team yeah. i think they used that on the broadcast they too did. and greg has talked about it the the guys that have come along this program the last 10 to 15 years that you're stick him on the best guard and he will shut him down or frustrate him or slow him and he's just going to give you everything that he has and help the team win that's not to say that blackwell can't do that he's been fantastic way beyond what i thought he would be as a true freshman and he is still playing a significant amount of minutes but you're not going to take Max off the floor for an extended period of time, and you're not going to do it so Connor can be out there. Now, Connor is starting to get a little bit more run. They're obviously hoping that he can be uh, more consistent offensively, but it comes down to what are you doing defensively, and you they're know what you're going to get out of Klesman. And they're also going after him. Yeah. I mean, they're attacking him. They're attacking two guys, right? They're, they attack Nolan Winter when he's in the game. He's not necessarily big enough to be able to hold that, and Stephen Crowell fought through a lot yesterday to be able to play in that game. But they go after. They, I mean, they go after. And even and Robbie Hummel pointed it out when they had him on. I think it was Gale for a while there. Like, that's not a matchup that you want if you're Wisconsin. And right now, unless he's hitting threes like he did against Nebraska, it's tough to have him out there. Um, all right, last one here. Purdue isn't that good. The Big Ten is there for the taking for Wisconsin. Is that an overreaction or no? Well, I'm not going to say Purdue is not good, even though the Boilermakers have lost two games that people would say they shouldn't lose, but. With that lineup, I feel like they should just win every game. But Big Ten, on the other part of it, absolutely there for the taking for Wisconsin, especially the way that this league is cannibalizing itself and the way the Badgers have played so far. I don't think there's going to be a ton of games where you'd say Wisconsin isn't favored at this point based on who they're playing. And even the Purdue game, when Purdue comes here to the Kohl Center in early February, like Wisconsin's playing as well as any team 
not just in the conference, but in the country at this point. So it's there for the taking. I still think Purdue is a very good team, though. Yeah, I, I would agree. Uh, our guy, Bart Torvik, his T-rank, Big Ten odds, title odds to win it. Purdue, still the number one team at 57% to, as it, for a share of it. To, to For Seoul, for the Seoul title, 38.6%. Wisconsin, though, the second one there at 42%, 42.1% uh, to share with Purdue. Uh, 25% chance to to win uh, Seoul, a Seoul Big Ten title, which obviously they haven't done since 2015. So it's, it is a heck of a opportunity they put themselves in a really good spot being at 4-0 no other team obviously without a loss but saturday's game is huge saturday i mean northwestern has already beaten purdue they are a better team than i think a lot of people maybe were expecting coming in wisconsin again they can i don't want to say stranglehold on it because they still have to play purdue twice yeah but they have an opportunity to really even push themselves out here further they have not been four uh five and oh in Big Ten play since 2007-2008. mentioned that at the beginning of the show. Huge, huge opportunity. But it is an overreaction to say Purdue isn't any good. Yes. Uh, they still have Zach Eady, do they not? They do still have Zach Eady, and we saw it. Nebraska can get hot, and Tamanaga, uh, what he did the other night to beat them by, what was it, 16 or 18 points? It was the same score, I think, Wisconsin beat Nebraska. By. It was, you're right. 88-72. Exactly. You're right, exactly, exactly. Any given day. Yep. Any given night, um, but... I don't, I don't think Illinois is going away, even though they have some concern personnel-wise. And I still think Michigan State has, has something. And Nebraska is not going away the way that they can shoot. So there are a number of teams in this that can that can certainly uh, give people problems. And Minnesota, I think, already has more wins this year in Big Ten play than they did all of last year. Uh, ben Johnson seems maybe to be figuring. I don't know. I'm not going to say it. That's a little bit too much. That's a little bit too much. Um, all right, coming back on the other side, we're going to close up the show. Well, we were going to follow up on the other side of the break. Unfortunately, that uh, got cut off, had some technical difficulties. We had a great conversation, though, about Tyler Wall's beard. It's unfortunate that that did not make the podcast. Maybe we'll have to talk about it again on the swing next week. But check that thing out. Check that thing out. It's, uh, it's, it's pretty impressive considering he has never grown a beard in his entire life, or so it appears, but it, uh, it's, it's starting to fill in, starting to fill in. But... So, again, apologies for that. We'll be back next week breaking down everything on Temple and Heilprint. Again, thanks for listening.